spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Coming up, a rail blockade in B.C. affecting the Port of Prince Rupert is removed overnight. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry Shepherd at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather forecast for today, mainly cloudy skies. 30% chance of flurries early this afternoon. Wind northwest 30 gusting to 50 and the high today zero. Tonight the low minus 15, wind chill minus 8 tonight, minus 24 overnight. Tomorrow mainly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries. Clearing sky, wind northwest 20 becoming light near noon, the high minus 11 tomorrow. Wind chill minus 24 in the morning, minus 16 in the afternoon, the low minus 16. Sunday cloudy with a high minus 6, the low minus 12. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 9, the low minus 20. Tuesday, sunny, the high minus 16, the low minus 21. Wednesday, sunny, the high minus 8, the low minus 11. Thursday, sunny, the high near 0. Normal high is minus 7, the normal low minus 19. The sun rose at 8.13 this morning. It sets at 6.12 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is tied at Coronac and Assiniboia at 0. The cold spot, minus 22 degrees, up at Uranium City in the north. Estevan is minus 1, Saskatoon minus 5, Swift Current minus 2, Weyburn minus 1, Yorkton minus 6. In Regina with cloudy skies, it's minus 3, that's 26 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 17, giving a wind chill right now of minus 8. Humidity is 80%, the barometer rising 100.3. Cloudy and Moose Jaw minus 1, winds are from the west at 18. Once again, Regina, cloudy, minus 3, that's 26 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Agri-News is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers Ag Division. Forget the rest, sell with the best. Online at mcdougallauction.com. CN Rail confirms a rail blockade set up Saturday on the line into Prince Rupert, B.C. was lifted overnight. First Nations leaders suggested that would happen if federal and provincial politicians agreed to meet to discuss solutions to the ongoing dispute over construction of a natural gas pipeline through Wet'suwet'en traditional land. Sask Wheat Chair Brett Halstead welcomes an end to the blockade of grain shipments to the port of Prince Rupert. You know, that's a good step. Um, hopefully it can stay down. Um, this has cost farmers as far as delivery opportunities, a week of shipping to Prince Rupert. Uh, slowdowns probably trickled on through everywhere else. Or eastern shipping, I understand, is still blocked, though. So I, it's very important and a very good first step that, you know, the blockade has come down. But you said it has caused some delays and uh, on your own farm. Uh, you've been told, what, that uh, there's more delays? Yeah, expect one to two-week delays in expected shipping of which we have some grain book but again some of that also extends into what elevators companies can put out for a bid 
and it's probably going to be less for a number of weeks until they attempt to catch up because, you know, the shipping that's going to happen in three or four weeks is suddenly pushed back another week or two. And you hope these blockades aren't returned or restored or brought back? No, I I hope they stay down. You know, it's, it's important that we continue to move our products for the prosperity of farmers as well as the entire nation. The blockade had affected an estimated 30% of grain exports to the West Coast. As of Sunday, there were 39 grain ships waiting in Vancouver and 8 ships in Prince Rupert. Grain markets were showing some downward pressure this week. Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial in Regina, Adam Picallo, says the USDA supply report was a bit negative this week for markets. Well, Jim, this week traders were paying close attention to a USDA report that was released on Tuesday. Last month in January, the WASD report kind of played second fiddle to the U.S.-China Phase 1 deal. So um, many were actually watching to see kind of how the markets were going to react to this report. And the report came out neutral to, to slightly bearish um, when it came to kind of the markets wheat prices on Chicago took the biggest hit they were down about 13 cents on the one day however on uh, the week here now we're only down about four cents on the week as far as Minneapolis wheat uh, a little bit different of a story Minneapolis wheat has been showing more weakness so for the week now we are down about 10 cents so that's definitely one thing that traders were watching and now here this week there are kind of a few different developments obviously with the CN rail closing significant parts of their network that is going to be something to watch going forward right now canola actually hasn't really been affected on the price side too much there but not saying that might not change in the future so what's the outlook for wheat and canola next week and beyond well, I would say the main three things this time of year and right now that traders are watching are Chinese demand when it comes to goods. With the coronavirus now, how much is China going to be buying to make their commitment on the phase one deal? So that'll be number one. The second is South American growing season and harvest conditions. So if the soy markets do start to recover a little bit more here from the bottom, that could uh, help canola um, actually move a little bit higher. However, the Canadian dollar is one that has started to move higher here with oil prices, so that could be a limiting factor on how high canola could go. And then, again, the last one really is watching the coronavirus and see how much kind of buying China will really do um, in return of that. So my outlook, I've been talking with clients kind of now coming up here about possibly different basis contracts that they actually have to either roll or make a decision with maybe on some of their grains and maybe what they could do going forward with futures or options to help give them different marketing options. So what are your recommendations? Well, for example, a scenario that I've been going through with the client is he needs to roll his basis contract. He may not be very happy with the price right now, but he could actually price 
his canola, and then actually look at replacing it back on the futures if it, he does think that the, the price does have more upside. Now, on the other hand, he might decide to actually roll his basis contracts, but he might actually want protection in, on the futures from the price going lower. So that's where, you know, I, I always like to provide different situations for my clients and uh, kind of look at what the best option might be for them. Adam Picallo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial in Regina. Today is the deadline to apply for a seat at the first Canadian Agricultural Youth Council. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau launched the application process two weeks ago. She says a group of young Canadians will provide advice on farm and food issues that matter most to them. She sees key issues like sustainable agriculture, market diversification and innovation, intergenerational transfers and mental health. She says the Youth Council will identify new and existing issues, share information and advice on strengths and weaknesses of policies and programs in agriculture. Bebeau says council membership will include a wide range of youth from across the country, including representatives from Indigenous communities. Women and men aged 18 to 30 working in the agriculture and agri-food value chain are encouraged to apply online at www.agri.gc.ca youth. The application deadline once again today, February 14th. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by YAC Auctions, the first name you should think of in the auction business. Call 782-5999. Five Manitoba commodity organizations have voted in favor of amalgamation. Members of the five groups voted on the resolution during annual general meetings held this week at the Crop Connect Conference in Winnipeg. The five are the Manitoba Wheat and Barley Growers Association, Manitoba Corn Growers Association, Manitoba Flax Growers, Winter Cereals Manitoba, and the Sunflower Association of Canada. A total of 165 producer ballots were cast at the five meetings. Each group needed to vote at least two-thirds in favor of amalgamation. Four of the votes were nearly unanimous. The only exception was the Manitoba Wheat and Barley Growers Association. 66 of 82 ballots cast were in favor, more than the 55 votes required for the two-thirds majority. A petition will now be presented to a Manitoba government agency to gain official designation. The new group will be known as the Manitoba Crop Alliance and looks to become operational on August 1st. Current levies for each crop remain unchanged. A study conducted by an Agriculture Canada research scientist has found rest stops during transportation had little or no effect on calves in good condition. Dr. Karen Schwarzkopf-Genswein with the Lethbridge Ag Canada Research Station has released results from the first of three studies being conducted on cattle transportation. The results of those studies will be used by the Canadian Food Inspection Agency to potentially amend long-haul cattle transport regulations. New CFIA regulations will go into effect February 20th, which would see maximum transport time without a rest break reduced to 36 hours from the current 48. However, the federal agency has granted a two-year transition period on the feed, water, and rest interval provisions. That will give Dr. Schwarzkopf, Genswein, and her team time to finish their research. We started this study um, last year. It's a sequence of three studies in which we're looking at the different impacts. Really, the main question came from, is offloading cattle causing more stress and welfare issues than actually staying on the truck and just continuing on their journey versus you know, being offloaded to be 
rested and have ability to drink water and eat because on our North American trailers, there's no ability to do that. In Europe, they now have trucks in which cattle can feed and water on board. And so that's a different story. But at this point in time, we don't have such equipment in Canada. The first study included 320 weaned Angus cross calves, seven to eight months old, and all from the same ranch. They were transported to the Ag Canada Research Station at Lethbridge, where they stayed between 18 and 26 days. During that time, the calves were weaned, vaccinated, castrated, branded, ear-tagged, and adapted to feed and water. There were two transport times in the study, 12 hours and 36 hours. One group had no rest stop, while others had four, eight, and 12-hour breaks. Every group then went on another four hours before final measurements and assessments were made. While there were differences between the 12- and 36-hour groups, Dr. Schwarzkopf-Genswein says the rest periods made little or no difference. Those given zero hours of rest versus those given 12 hours of rest didn't have a huge impact. The only place where we saw a difference was on one of the measurements we made was that feed deprivation measurement. And we saw fat mobilization because of that. And that happened mostly because those animals, again, that were in transport longer had more of that, but we saw one place in which the rest did make a difference. So those given zero hours of rest versus 12 hours of rest did actually have higher um, fat metabolism markers in their blood. So that was the only measurement we saw that was different in all of the rest stop periods. Dr. Schwarzkopf-Genswein says management of cattle before they are transported is important. The message is that conditioned calves are better able to cope with stressors of transport and I think that's a really big consideration when we're looking at all of these factors. The type of animals and how they're managed is hugely important to that. And that leads to the focus of the second study which is now underway. Based on the first study when we recognize that conditioning has a big impact we changed the study to look at the differences between preconditioned and non-preconditioned animals going through either an auction or coming from the farm directly. So we will only be looking at a 36-hour transport and given zero or eight hours of rest and looking more at the impacts of the pre-management on what impacts of that rest can have. The actual transport of the calves takes a couple of weeks, but it takes nearly a full year to assess all of the gathered data indicators in the blood so there's many different tests we have to finish in the lab. We look at the behavior so we have to look at videotapes and analyze the data coming out of that. So that's very labor and time intensive. Those take many many months to go through just doing the lab part of the analysis not to mention then taking once we have the data to analyze the data. So coming up with results and conclusions based on that. A final report on the second study will be available in early 2021 with the third study in the books in 2022. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornsson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra's prices for canola fell $1.20 at $4.2458. Oats dropped to $1.31 at $196.84. Number one red spring wheat went up $0.09 cents at $223.74. The rest were all unchanged. Durham, $266.39. Feed barley, $175.66. Flax, $535.79. Lentils 482.50, yellow peas 249.89, feed wheat 156.83.
In Minneapolis, March spring wheat is up a half cent at 527 and a quarter cent a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia 642-4180 or Weyburn 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia or Slamps Integritire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire Dealers. This is Graham Burnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. Late run on offer here for the week. Consisting of all cows and bulls. The cow market did look like it was maybe a touch stronger here this week. These good cows, 83 to 89. Sales right up to 93, 94 bucks on them real high yielding kind of cows. These medium hay fed cows are from 78 to 85. The good bulls are a dollar two to 12. Sales right up to a buck 16 on them high, high yielding bulls. Next pre-sorts, Tuesday, February 25th. This is Graham Burnett reporting. Let's have a great afternoon. And the latest pork prices, SIG 5, TCP, BP2, 129.19 per CKG. BP4, TCP4, $140.97 per CKG. The outlook, mainly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries early this afternoon. Wind northwest, 30 gusting to 50, the high zero. Tonight, low minus 15. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, 30% chance of flurrying, clearing sky. Wind northwest, 20, becoming light near noon, the high minus 11. Wind chill minus 24. Tomorrow morning, minus 16 in the afternoon, the low minus 16. In Regina, cloudy, minus 3, that's 26 Fahrenheit. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.